Hello, my name is EJ Winslow, and today is day 16 of the 90-day challenge. This week, we are growing in a lifestyle of worship through building a habit of remaining in the gospel. As we begin, let's pause to be still, to breathe slowly, to recenter our scattered senses upon the presence of God. God, as we approach your word, help us to remember that you want to speak with us. As we listen to today's teaching, help us to learn what it means to be your disciple. As we seek to create new habits, help us to remember that your grace is sufficient for when we inevitably fall short. Take a few moments to add your own prayers or continue to sit in the presence of God. Worship is what we were created for. This is the final end of all existence, the worship of God. God created the universe so that it would display the worth of his glory. And he created us so that we would see this glory and reflect it by knowing and loving him with all our heart and soul and mind and strength. Today we are reflecting on how our response to God's mercy is sacrificial worship. Romans 12 verses 1 and 2 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Paul spends chapters 9 through 11 of Romans demonstrating God's mercy and laying a foundation for heart change. Then he turns the corner in chapter 12 with an exhortation of what we as believers should do in response to God's mercy. In the ancient world, these letters were not broken into chapter and verse numbers the way they are today. I imagine Paul as a lawyer writing several feet of scroll, giving examples and explaining God's mercy line by line. Now he turns to the jury and says, keeping in mind all I've just told you, I urge you, no, I implore you to respond in the only way that makes sense by an offering of worship. What kind of worship? the kind that lasts only 20 minutes a week? No, the kind of worship that requires a sacrifice, the kind of worship that requires the attention of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Paul's audience understood a sacrifice. Many had seen animals sacrificed on the altar of Yahweh. Some had seen sacrifices on the altars of other gods. They knew a sacrifice did not come cheap. It came at a price. God paid the highest price for our redemption, the sacrifice of his only son on the cross. Shouldn't we also offer God something that comes at a high price? The kind of worship that comes with a sacrifice of our time, our pride, our agenda, our selfish wants and desires. This kind of worship will be holy and pleasing to God. Yet Paul takes this one step further. Not only do we need to offer God our all-encompassing worship, we need to take action in our day-to-day -day lives. 
We need to saturate our minds in God's word so that we will be transformed into the kind of people who love like Jesus loved and live like Jesus lived. We need to guard ourselves against conforming to the patterns and behaviors of this world. These patterns promise wealth and happiness if we just pursue what makes us happy. This way of thinking says it's essential that we value ourselves above others and put a higher value on what others say about us than on what God says about us. Paul calls us to more. He challenges us to live in the gospel truth that God loves us and he sent his son to die for us so that we might be free from the power of sin and death. God values us and calls us to value others. He asks that our actions reflect our beliefs. When we soak our thinking in scripture, we will better be able to discern God's good, pleasing, and perfect will. Let's return to the passage and listen for a particular word or phrase that the Holy Spirit might be highlighting today. This time, I'll repeat Romans 12, 1 and 2 in a different version, the message translation. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, So here's what I want you to do. God helping you, take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You will be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings out the best in you, develops well-formed maturity in you. What word or phrase jumped out to you from this translation? What idea do you want to take away from today's reflection? Is there a step of obedience that you want to take today in response to any of this? Father God, I believe that you are worthy of all of me. I am weak and only by your grace can I love with all my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my strength. Show me where I'm resistant to this and in the power of your spirit, enable me to live a new life in you, fully devoted and full of worship. Take a few moments to add your own prayers or continue to sit in the presence of God. As we take these reflections into the coming day, let us not forget the words of the Shema from De Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 and 5. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Father, help me to live as your child, secure in your love. Jesus, help me to live as you did, loving God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, and spirit, Help me to live in the power of God, forsaking self-reliance and putting all my hope in you. Amen.